Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1990's Prayer of the Roller Boys, directed by Rick King and starring Corey Haim and Patricia Arquette. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? No, you're going to love this. Uh, unlawful Entry. Um, this is a terrible flam- film. Uh, it, it's uh, It's got Ray Liotta in it. Okay. That, that's all right. And Kurt Russell. It's got a good cast, Madeline Stowe, except it's, uh, it's, it's just a, it, it's a, it's a movie about a, like a, a crooked cop who terrorizes this couple, and and there, there's there's supposed to be suspense in it, and there's no suspense. I I, okay. I I wasn't allowed to see it when I was a kid, and I really wanted to see it all the time. And I was like, there it was. I was like, oh okay, unlawful entry. Let's check this out. Okay. I I don't know. I mean, I know about. I, I I've read t- like reams of stuff from from the best, most esteemed film critics. I should have just checked, you know, to see <laughs> right. you know what what the critical consensus was before I waited twenty five years to see a movie. But I didn't, and I watched it, and it sucked. Well, so. you can't always trust a critic. You can't you know, always, but... right, right. But I should have just like read up a little bit on it instead of like you know relying on a memory from when I was thirteen. Man, I've done that before. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I always wanted to watch that, and I'm like, well, it's got like. Four and a half stars out of ten. Uh-huh, yeah. I don't know if it's worth my time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sometimes you find a gem in those movies yeah, sometimes though, that you, you actually really like. Yes. You know, but most of the time, nope. Yeah, this was not one of those times, unfortunately. <laughs> I uh there's one movie I want to talk about. Well, I've been watching a lot of 2016 movies lately, if okay. you haven't noticed, but mm-hmm. uh so I just caught the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I watched, and you know, it wouldn't be dudes on movies if I didn't mention Richard Linklater. So I watched his new movie, Everybody Wants Some. Oh, yeah. It was great, man. It was awesome. I have heard that's excellent. Um, And I wanted to talk about a movie called High Rise with Tom Hiddleston. This movie sucks. Oh, really? It takes place in like a new high rise complex in like a dystopian 1970s London. Okay. Sounds cool, right? Sure. Each floor is a, the higher you go, the higher in society you are, kind of. (laughs) You know, a Snowpiercer-style building. Oh, yeah, okay. But, um, and Jeremy Irons designed it, and he's on the top floor and shit. Okay. The movie gets very kind of graphic and violent um, and graphic sexually, too, uh-huh. uh, as this, like, world kind of falls apart on itself. Okay. And uh, the classes battle each other, things mm. like that. But it's just so poorly done. The tone is off, and it, the story is inconsistent and hard to follow and jumps around. This movie didn't know what it was trying to be, I think. Oh, okay. It sounded cool on paper, but man, it it was just such a disappointment. And it, I I hope nobody watches this movie. It sucks, man. Wow. It, well, I, two bad movies. Um, <laughs> one yeah. for me, one from you. I yeah. think that's a first where we both I know. mentioned bad movies we watched. Yeah, we, we both had the what, are, what have you been watching segment. <laughs> it was a bunch of turds. That's terrible. Okay. Well. All right. So let's see if this movie we're going to talk about is a turd. Okay. Prayer of the Roller Boys from 1990. Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Wow, yeah. Okay, a synopsis of this film is, uh, long story short, it's a post-apocalyptic society in which the local leadership is a gang of guys on roller skates who are like just in charge of everything. And Corey Haynes Roller Blades. Are, is, are they roller blades? It's not skates. It's blades. Are they blading? That's right. Yep. Okay, yeah. This Fuck, is 1990. Yeah. That's They're right. wearing roller yeah, blades. Everyone wore roller blades the, the, in yeah. 1990. I, I'm going blading. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right. Um, and they're, uh, look, I said that they're in charge that Corey Haim, as you can imagine, is trying to put a stop to what they're doing. That's the movie. Um, there, there's no real, there's not. this is not a complicated film. 
here's what's happening, folks. Yeah. The Roller Boys is the gang that kind of runs the town. Yeah. The police are afraid of them, even though they're trying to get inside and take them down. Uh-huh. Um, nobody wants to mess with these Roller Boys, dude. Yeah. Because they're so cool. And badass <laughs> with their rollerblades and trench coats and blonde jerry curls. Uh-huh. I mean, they're amazing. <laughs> but um, I guess at the end it's revealed that, okay, there's this drug they're selling called mist. Mist. Uh, you inhale it with like a, a face mask kind of thing. Yeah. This like green glowing liquid. It's like predator blood. Man. It is, exactly. This and is, you, you yep. ingest it like Dennis Hopper. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah, Frank <laughs> Booth would love this shit. <laughs> right. But... Uh, <laughs> Dude, at the end, it's all a plan to get rid of non-white people because they're lacing it with raid or something. What like is that? some kind of sterilization yeah, they, it, it has a dumb name, like Spice or something. I don't know. But <laughs> the Roller Boy leader, Jerry, Gary Lee, excuse yeah. me, he doesn't let any Roller Boys use it because um, if they do, they're going to go sterile. Yeah. And they won't be able to populate the earth with white people. Uh-huh. This movie did not need to go in that direction. It, no, it didn't. It was bad enough without that. Of course. You don't so, need a Nazi eugenics program on top of the uh, other shit that's going on here. The movie starts out with a sweet dragon animation coming out of a cross. Yeah. For two seconds, and that's it. I mean, they don't mention the dragon. At, well, they kind of mention a dragon later when they're <laughs> inducting Corey Haim, whose name is Griff, by the way. Yeah. When they're inducting Griff as a roller boy, they're like... You're a part of the dragon now. Your breath is the fire. And everyone's like chanting, Griff, Griff. Day of the rope. Day, Day of, of the, the rope. rope. What Roller the boys fuck? rule. Roller boys rule. <laughs> like this is being chanted like like, it, like it's Nuremberg. They're, 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 the roller boys are chanting this as Corey uh, Haim, as Griffin, is being inducted into their gang. Uh, and uh, Gary Lee, he's played by Christopher Collette. Yeah. He's like on TV, like mm-hmm. commercials, like talking to the populace. Like about, propaganda movies. Yeah, like. Yeah. Help the white army win back our homeland. Oh, man. The day of the rope is coming. Day of the rope is coming is what he's saying. And, and it's like, and he's saying, you know, he's being totally upfront about his racism and, and his, you know, like superiority of the white man and stuff like that. And he keeps saying day of the rope. And it ends up not being a literal translation of what we think it is, but it's pretty much that. It's, yeah. you know, like we're going to people the earth with whites. You you think that he's going to try to murder everyone who's not white. Yes. But what he's trying to do is make them sterile mm-hmm. so they can't breed. Right. Right. Uh, so same same thing, just different way of getting there, I guess. Of course. Yeah. Right. And he gives like this backstory about how the United States is just done for. Yeah. Because uh, our parents took out too many loans or something. Like, yeah. How appropriate is that to like right now, too? It's <laughs> insane. Yeah. But um, like, I guess... Foreign companies have taken over the country. Like, Harvard has been transplanted to Japan. I believe the whole Ivy League is now in yeah, Japan. Yeah, yeah, like, brick by brick, they've yeah. moved Cambridge. Yes. Like, literally. Mm-hmm. It's dude. now in Japan. Yeah. And, th- what What the, the fuck? Dude, I mean, like, it's just, it was it was paranoia, Reaganomics, like, like of, of I mean, at this time in, in our country, that was that was what the, the, because we were all buying Japanese cars and Japanese electronics, people thought we were giving That's the- That's true, co- man. I, I, we were giving the country away. I mean, like, like Michael Crichton wrote about it in Rising Sun as well. Um, <laughs> Michael Crichton, baby. Yeah, just, you know, like ugly, hate-filled, you know, xenophobic stuff that, that were, I mean, look, if, if we were buying 
um, what what is proven to be like you know um, I guess far superior electronics and mm-hmm. products. Uh, it, it wasn't the fault of any one race. It, <laughs> and no. we were, and we were buying the products ourselves, so there was no giving the country away. And you know, maybe our parents did take out too many loans, but I got to tell you something. The, the, he he mentions all that stuff in his opening in his opening screed there. And we're we're led to believe that this is like a that like I said before a dystopian post apocalyptic scenario. Mm-hmm. This is the most easygoing, laid Dude, back post apocalypse I have ever this seen. This is 1990s LA. It is. That's it's all a, it it's is. It's a quiet little beach town that has pizza delivery, and everybody seems to be working. It does not look like it's a dystopian future. No, it just looks like the homeless people are addicted to drugs. I, that's all. That's all. Which, it, which I this mean, is like RoboCop. I know. Like, that's, <laughs> We're yes. in the RoboCop universe. It, it, like, uh, yeah, exactly. Dude, yeah. there's nothing dystopian about this. No. Except no. Roller Boys rule. <laughs> right. What the? All right. <laughs> Let me talk about the Roller Boys yes, here. Yes, please do. Let me describe what they look like. They're on rollerblades. <laughs> That's a given. <laughs> They're wearing all white. All of them. They're wearing trench coats mm-hmm. as they rollerblade. Yeah. And they all have sick late 80s hairdos. <laughs> and when they blade across town, they synchronize their movements uh-huh. in a flying V formation. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and they look fucking stupid. <laughs> These are the least intimidating idiots I've ever seen in my life, dude. They're, uh, yeah, no, th- these are just guys playing dress up. There, there is nothing scary about them. And you know what? Trench coats are not conducive to rollerblading. Absolutely not. That's like the least, that you would not want to wear a trench coat while trying to do tricks or like chase down people. No. Or, what about suspenders? Wheels? Yeah. Come on, dress up like the Droogs at least. That might help. That'd be yes, better. That would you got be a codpiece too yes. in case you rack yourself on the rail <laughs> right. while you're doing a 50-50? Yes, dude. Right. Dude. But <laughs> the the movie actually opens up with Corey Haim doing some sweet rollerblading. Yeah. And and, and I got to admit, it is pretty sweet. If that's really him, it probably isn't. But, you know. Apparently, I, he did a lot of it himself. But I think okay. I think these tricks, though, aren't him. Like okay. the flips and all that crap. Oh, yeah. Because I remember one point, like like maybe toward the end when he's doing some flips, it was totally like the, the, the stuntman went right in front of the camera. And it was looking, he looked yeah. like Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, so it's not always Corey. Yeah, I don't think he pulled that killer stale fish, man. <laughs> no, I don't dude. think that was Corey. <laughs> no. But, like, literally, though, like. Through all these like chases and stuff and uh-huh. the action on the rollerblades, like right. it's actually him doing it. Yeah, you see him because skating fast. You can't I mean, fake this. No, that's like, true. The, right, you, he's right in the camera. It's yep. him. Right, you know, unless it's some great CG uh, pre Jurassic <laughs> Park going it's on. It's a right Count now. Dooku situation <laughs> where they paste his head on somebody's body. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice his sick tattoo? I think I saw it, but but remind me. It, it's a griffin. Oh, you know, because his name's Griffin. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of clever. <laughs> I, I, cause, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because James Spader has a shovel on his arm. You know? Oh, in real life? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Because he's he's the spade. He's the spade, you know? man. It's it's. I I that's, think it's all right. I think that's okay. I would do something just as stupid of as course, that. Of course. Right. I'm gonna get a Charbonneau tattooed on me. Whatever <laughs> that is. I guess you'd have to have some kind of. Yeah. If your name <laughs> is an object of some kind, then yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Harvey Milk had a part of, <laughs> of milk it's like on a his gallon arm. jug yeah, on like his arm. Gallon... Right? Have you seen this boy? Yes, dude. No (laughs) doubt. (laughs) So, um, 
Griff apparently used to be best friends with Gary Lee, and now Gary Lee wants Griff back in the gang, I yeah. guess. So the cops find out about that, and they want Griff to go into the gang, even though Griff wants nothing to do with it. Right. And that's kind of what the story's about for a while, mm-hmm. for I guess. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when you can't figure out what the story's really about, it sucks. I mean, it's it's oh. an undercover operation, <sighs> you know, where, 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 where Corey Haim is going to be. It, it, you're right. That does suck that you can't figure out. I mean, I know. You can, yes. It's so simple and stupid, yes. but it's like, what? I know. Um, and you've seen this plot a million times. And, and I, I mean, look, Corey Haim is sent in undercover by the cops. Bro, there's cops in the, po- in the post-apocalyptic dystopian yeah. future. A full police force. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with undercover operations and agents. So this is whatever. We, we've already talked about that. Dude, that this yeah, is whatever. a very soft-ass apocalypse. But, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> So the cops just a, it's it, not even apocalypse. It's, no, it, it's 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 like a licks. It, you get yeah, part it's, of it. Yeah, it's I'm, part of a lips. It's an epoch. Right. It's an epoch. The epoch of the roller boys, right? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Sweet, sweet roller boys. <laughs> but they, uh, they, God. they, you know, they send him in to infiltrate the roller boys, and he's supposed to like, you know, figure out what they're what, like, like. Because Christopher Collette as Gary Lee is is pretty much like he's Gus Fring, you know he he's he's yeah, got this, yeah. this this like super lab where he's making the mist. That's hilarious um, because that lab reminded me of the the RV from Breaking Bad. Exactly, it totally it's, did. it's about as good as Walter and Jesse's RV. Mm-hmm. Only it's like you know kind of like chrome and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's real slick. Right. They send him in there, and and there's this girl that's kind of like like always around the action. She's always kind of like with the roller boys. Yeah, Casey. Casey, played by the great Patricia Arquette, who we find out is actually also an undercover cop, um, mm-hmm. who's there to like she can't really infiltrate things because Gary Lee, you know, doesn't believe in in uh, women's rights. I guess so. There's she's gonna be just there for the boys' entertainment. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but so she has to team up with, with Corey Haim. Oh, obviously. You know, of course, right, yeah. You know, it's meant to be. (laughs) The two of them. As the movie would come to tell us. I mean, mean, like, he, he (sighs) is just all over Patricia Arquette in this movie. Like, like, there's, there's, like, at least four scenes of, like, sloppy makeouts between Corey Haim and Patricia Arquette. yeah, and, like, almost sex. Almost sex, twice. Yeah, there's one scene when... Uh, like previously, she thinks he's dealing it. Yeah. So he like tells her no or something, and she he like pulls her panties he off. Pulls her panties and down then, to her knees. And then and then she's like into it, and he's like, "You'll do anything for some mist," and throws the panties at her or something. And then <laughs> later she gets them back because he comes to her apartment and she's like giving him like almost a full on blowjob, yeah, like, on camera. Yeah, yeah. And it goes on for about five minutes. <laughs> While these two cops listening in on the action <laughs> oh. are placing bets oh. on whether he'll make it or not. These two cops, by the way, oh, fuck dude. these guys. I, I, <laughs> I know. Oh, man. And why are they just listening to her apartment? I don't know. Anyways, it looks like she's literally got this thing in her mouth. <laughs> yep. For 10 minutes. <laughs> I guess she didn't. But right, that's what it right. looked like. Exactly. And then she stops and says, how do you like it? <laughs> and she throws his yeah. boxer shorts yeah. in his face. Yeah. Um, like, you know, aha, I, I, I edged I you. you. Exactly. I almost came. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ. He, could, he didn't finish? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. This 
scene went on forever. Uh, we, the viewer, have climaxed sixfold, and 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 you know, like, I, and I gotta tell you something. Oh man, like, the, I, I'm I'm glad you brought up these cops because, like, okay, let, let, let let's say that the that the sex scene doesn't end ironically or whatever. Right, with right. Corey it actually happens. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, I mean, because it might as well happen because, like, they stage it like an '80s sex scene. Yeah, that with, with soft music and soft focus, and there's you know '80s like, sex scene. Yes, definitely. I mean, and these guys, they 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 keep for whatever reason cutting away to the surveillance van with these two scumbag cops who have, I I, I wish they're the two worst actors in the movie, certainly. Pretty bad. Um, they're doing the worst job. They have the worst story. I hate them so much. <laughs> and they cut away to these guys during this 10-minute sexual interlude at least six times. And, like, where did these guys come from? Like, they, they are on the police force, aren't they? They are. They're cops. They, they originally arrest him. Yes. Like, at that homeless circus. Yeah, they're like a vice squad. Yeah. yeah, a homeless circus. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then and the police, they're working for the police chief, I guess, too. Uh-huh. The, the police chief who loves the word ramrod, by the way. He can- <laughs> he calls Corey Haim ramrod five times in this movie. I know. I counted. After two, I started counting. Yeah, of course. And I was so happy every time he said it. Because I said, <laughs> I can't believe they are still doing this. And I don't know what he's referring to, like what his what the what the point of I mean, like the other cops call Corey Haim roller pud, which I which I find a little bit funny. But but ramrod has nothing to do with anything. It's a post-apocalyptic slur, <laughs> okay. I guess a ramrod. I've heard ramrod be used occasionally, maybe. Okay, like, yeah. I, I wasn't oblivious to the existence of the word ramrod. Sure, me, no, me neither. But one, one of the gay bars in cruising is called the ramrod. That makes sense. That which is perfect. You know. <laughs> that makes a lot of fucking exactly. sense, dude. That that belongs there. That it, is you know, it it adds scenery. And that's not even a post-apocalypse, dude. No, exactly. That's, that's just late New 70s York. New York right. City. Exactly. That's just the village. <laughs> that's just like, Yeah, it is. <laughs> but these cops I, I don't know what their deal is. And uh-huh. apparently we'll just spoil it now. They're they're like in on it or something. Like yeah, they're, they're trying crooked. to get the drug money or yes. something. I don't know. They're gonna steal the operation. Yeah. So they originally cause a house fire, I guess, which uh-huh. we find out later. We don't know they caused it. Right. But uh, the Roller Boys had a, a meth house, and Jesse Pinkman, you know, escapes <laughs> through the window, and Bullwinkle gets trapped inside. Uh-huh. This Roller Boy with sweet brown hair. Oh, yeah. You know. It's like, it's like Ted Theodore Logan hairdo. It's totally a Ted. Right. So Corey Haynes saves him, and then that's when the Roller Boys want Corey Haynes to join. Yeah. And Bullwinkle hates Corey Haynes for some reason. I don't know why. I'm not sure why. I don't know what. Maybe he's jealous that Gary Lee wants him for himself. I I, yeah. I don't know. Right. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought this up because can I talk about like my least favorite part of movies like this? Yes. Um, Christopher Collette as Gary Lee is a genius cult leader, right? Yeah. Um, so in all movies or books about genius cult leaders, especially when they are being infiltrated by a mole like Corey Haim. There's always a number two, like Bullwinkle, who notices him, the mole, doing something untoward or against the cause. Right. He reports back to Gary Lee, or whoever the cult leader is, and instead of shooting him on the spot, because a trusted member of his gang told him what for, he decides to give him an even bigger mission. Oh, yeah. Like, promote him. And that happens in all of these stories. Sometimes even the ga- the cult leader witnesses... The, the mole doing something 
that's that's you know like like not for the gang mm-hmm. and like for whatever reason like they've been shown to be merciless and ruthless and and just take care of whatever they needs to be done all the time and in and in the case of of our protagonist nope there's given they're given not only a second chance they're given like the keys to everything oh yeah like you have the kitchen shift with mark pellegrino right. i want you to cover the kitchen shift for bullwinkle because he showed up dead, and you're not the one who killed him, right? <laughs> I you don't know, know what happened? I, exactly. Okay, here's oh, the kitchen. On, dude, I know. Gary Lee has got to know. That- God, and that, that's when Bullwinkle shows up after they that Corey Haim and Patricia Arquette actually have sex. Yes, yes. They don't show that one, though, no, by the way. No, of course not. They show the, the next morning with Corey Haim shirtless in a bed. That's what we see. Yeah, dude. Um, it's a real Tony Scott silhouette kiss and then fade. Yes. That's what oh, it is. You're right, you're right. But uh, oh, God. then Bullwinkle shows up and starts whining about how I'm a baby and I hate you. <laughs> yes, and then I know. Uh, he finds <laughs> the police badge. He's like, I knew you were cops. Uh-huh. And he pulls out his gun and instead of shooting them right there, he makes them get down on their knees. Uh-huh. And waits ten minutes like a bad guy does. Of course. And then the the two idiot cops that we hate show up and just shoot him in the head. Yeah. Which was sweet. It was pretty cool. I saved the day, dude. Right. So that's a good uh kind of red herring there, man. Like you it think is. you think uh they're good guys. Sure. They didn't give you any clue to think they were bad guys until the very end. It just yeah. came out of nowhere. Right. Really. Uh we have experienced this uh like way too often lately in the movies we've chosen of like movies that that have a, a really shitty twist that you quote don't see coming unquote but it's like yeah the reason you don't see see it coming because it's totally illogical there's there, <laughs> right you know the whole point of a twist ending is that it was there all along hiding in plain sight <sighs> yeah not these fools let's talk about the roller boy test oh yeah when um they try to initiate griffin and then two other roller boy candidates they make them roller boy their way through a uh, <laughs> like a security gun factory or something. It's a shipping yard. Yeah, they go in there, the three of them, and they get dropped off by the van and say the first one out gets in the van. Yep, gets a ride home. Yeah, gets a ride home. So the the three candidates go in and immediately, eight hundred dudes with assault rifles jump out and start blasting at them, and these dudes are roller boying away. <laughs> One dude gets like destroyed right away. Like, oh yeah, he gets ten bullets. Uh huh. And dude, I never thought I'd see someone on rollerblades get shot with an assault rifle. <laughs> right. But now that, I have. Yes, we <laughs> can check that one. Oh off. man, you're right. That was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, this movie's getting real now. Uh huh. Right. So they they go through. Uh, Corey Haim and this other dude, they're like elbowing each other and shit. And uh-huh. like this cool, it's really cool to chase because like. They're, like, actually rollerblading through this they dock. Are. Right. And, you know, the camera's on, like, a truck driving yep. alongside of them and stuff. It's pretty cool It's a well-done sequence, it. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they got to, like, duck under, like, a big shipping container and all this shit. Right. You know, typical roller boy moves. <laughs> so, <laughs> what we know of roller boy, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, yeah. Roller boy history has told us that these <laughs> are the moves you need to be a roller boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Corey Haim gets the security badge and gets out, and um, he gets in the van, and then Gary Lee shoots the other dude right in the face. Yeah. You know, and then throws the badge out. Oh, you made it. Passed the test. Doesn't yep. even need the badge. Right. But uh, I thought it was one of the best sequences in the movie. I did too. Um, even though the rollerblading in this movie kind of sucks. Really? For the most part. Okay. It's just like rolling fast. In a parking garage most of the time? Most of the time, that's, yeah. That's pretty much all it is. I know. There's not really any cool tricks or anything. 
I mean, like, there's a lot of fast moving. The I mean, fast like, stuff. Yeah, people being chased. Yeah, instead I, of know. running. Right, right. I mean, but it's just your typical chase scene. Yeah, But you're it, on it a is. roller. I don't know. They do throw in some rollerblading-esque stuff, but. Uh, yeah. I didn't see any grindage, really. There's except, no grind, right, man. Right, right. Come on. But, you know, I, I, I guess. Well, I, I'm trying to remember if, like, rollerblading had, had, I mean, it hadn't captured, like, the, the imagination like skateboarding had, I guess. So maybe they were no. trying to, like, you know, figure something out. Like, oh, this is going to be the next thing. This is going to be the next Gleaming the Cube. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. They 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 were, oh, my God. Yeah, because Gleaming the Cube was a That was sm- a huge It was a sensation. Yeah. You know? <laughs> post-apocalyptic L.A., man. <laughs> I preferred Rad. Myself. Oh, dude, I never saw Rad. Oh, man, yeah, you're missing out. <laughs> I, I gotta watch it now. <laughs> um, but roller, the the tricks kind of sucked. Like, they yeah. set it up with Corey Haim doing all these sweet jumps and tricks and stuff yeah. at the beginning, and he hardly ever does anything like that in the movie. He doesn't, like, there's right. not, it just, the rollerblading keeps going downhill uh-huh. as, as the movie goes on. Yeah, you see him kind of, in like, driving around in cars at the, after that, and the, there, there is one scene where, where Gary Lee, like, Corey Haim's kind of talking shit to him just mm-hmm. playfully, and Gary Lee like like slams on the brakes in the car, and you think something bad's gonna happen, yeah. but it's actually just gonna be like a race. Yeah, like they're gonna get on their blades and race. Cool. Nobody races. I, That's not I, cool. I, I don't remember anyone racing on skates, in, in roller roller or blade. I, mean, I, I don't. Maybe it happened. I, I, I mean, racing exists on every I you guess know, so. medium. Yeah, on but, every wheeled medium. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but. <laughs> It wasn't cool. It wasn't something it was everybody stupid. just did. I know, right? I oh, I'll race you to the fence, and then, and then they're laughing when they get to the end of the fence. Uh huh. It's like what? I gotta tell you too that when I was a kid and someone wanted to race me, it was one of my least favorite moments. <laughs> I just, I'd be like, you know what? Oh god, I do I have to? Oh my god, I have to race this guy. You hated racing. I did. It was like, why are we racing? And and because what is what is what what am I gonna win if I if I win? Well, Nothing. Did, did you always lose? I won about half the time. Okay. I was fairly fast. Okay. Uh, I was a, a slender kid. Yeah, I uh, never I never understood the concept I'll race you. I exactly because I never offered to race anyone my in my life. People wanted to race me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why. I don't know. Dude, dude I'll race you. Yeah, I, why? Why are we doing this? What Okay. I will have you know that I have never once thought about racing you, Dave. Uh, well, excellent, because you're 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 <laughs> a human being and you, you don't think about racing your fellow man. I I you know. Oh. No. <laughs> right. Um, can we talk about the uh the what did you think about Milty? That was my next bullet point. Oh, all right. Fuck this kid. I agree, dude. I, I don't need little shit kids in these movies. He's a pain in my ass. Dude. Absolutely. I hate this kid. Yes. I hate the actor oh. and I hate the character. I know, with his smarmy little dick face Here, all so, the time. So everybody oh. knows his name is Devin Clark. Devin Clark. If you see a movie with him in it, run away. Um, and if you look up Player of the Roller Boys on Wikipedia and click on the cast list, uh, click on Devin Clark's link. It takes you to a tight end for the Washington Redskins named Devin Clark. <laughs> it's really strange. You know, it's not the same guy. It's not the same dude. <laughs> I mean, clearly this kid had nothing going on. His um, acting is terrible. He, yeah, he's really bad in these. He's in the worst movie. actor in the movie. Uh, yes, he's he worse is. than the cops. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, he's a worse actor than the cops, certainly. Yeah, right. and he's just this precocious, like yeah, like smartass, mm-hmm. like I'm really cool, right? Trying to be older than I am, right. kid. Yep, this dude sucks. He's, he tries to get his. He's talking to Patricia Arquette like the instant he sees oh. her. He's like, 
Hey, sweet baby, give me yeah. them digits. Oh. I'm like, you're like 10. I know. He's, he's talking sex shit to Patricia Arquette. You little bastard. If you knew who Patricia Arquette was. <laughs> you, oh, my God, I hate this kid so much. And one of the most satisfying moments of the movie is when Gary Lee slaps his face. Yeah, that was oh, nice. Oh, that was nice. I wish he OD'd on the mist. So do I. Why isn't he ODing on mist? Because you got to save him at the end, man, for the final sequence. Yeah, for him to run his yap again in that van. You know, as 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 Patricia Arquette is licking uh, Corey Haim's shoulder. I, I don't need God. that. Yeah, no. yeah. Patricia Arquette, Griff, Milton, <laughs> and Speedbagger are all in the van. <laughs> Heading to the Pacific Northwest Speedbagger is yeah. the elderly black man that Uh they live with yeah and it becomes an issue because obviously the roller boys are white supremacists yes so speedbagger has raised griff and milty apparently and i guess he likes to box so his name is speedbagger right even though you don't see him with a speed bag he has a heavy bag (laughs) he should be heavy bagger (laughs) That would make more... I didn't even notice that, but you're right. There is not a speed bag to be found on his whole compound. And he doesn't look too fast, by no, the way. No, he doesn't. I, I think I think the sweet science has passed him by, um, which, you know... I, I think the screenwriter passed him by, dude. <laughs> yes, I agree. Because just the, it's my other least favorite trope in movies like this, especially undercover cop movies, mm-hmm. undercover whatever. Why doesn't Griffin just tell Speedbagger what's going on? I don't know. They don't tell him not to do that. In cruising, he couldn't In talk cruising, to anybody. he couldn't. Like the, the whole point was that, yeah, you, nobody knows about the mission. We brought up cruising twice in this episode, well, dude. Exactly, because we have to. You it's know? way better. Like, <laughs> right. Anytime we think about another better movie, we're just like, yes. yes. Let's keep talking <laughs> about that movie. God. Let's stop talking about Prayer of the Roller <laughs> Boys. Right. Let's have an evening. Who at thought the, uh, the word Roller Boys was a good word? It's not menacing. <laughs> it's not cool. It, there's nothing about it that like screams, I want to be in that. The, the only thing that it has going is that it is an extremely accurate description of how they look and act. I guess you're right. That's yeah. it. These kids look like the word roller boys. You would if you picture a roller boy in your head, not in the cruising universe, but in this right. universe. <laughs> You're very different roller boys. Right. That's what you'll, you'll picture. I guarantee uh-huh. it. You're, that's true. You'll you'll picture Christopher Collett in a trench coat. It's not like the Warriors, where you have the Gramercy riffs and the and you know the Warriors themselves or the orphans. I mean, those are imaginative yeah, nicknames dude. that you don't really know what's going on. Uh I, you know, okay. It, well, tell me, tell me this, dude. <laughs> what do you um? What, what do you think about Christopher Collett's performance in this film? I thought he's all right. I did too. Yeah. In fact, I think he is very effective as the the like the leader of this cult. I think yeah. I I believed him as a man who could organize this. I agree. and mm-hmm. lead it. Yeah. He might have been the best actor in the movie. He's given, I think he gives yeah. the best performance in that, the movie. Well, yeah, yeah. Per- performance, right. not actor. Right. I mean, right. Patricia Arquette probably gets that. Yeah, probably Patricia Arquette. Corey Haim is always all right, too. And, and Corey so, Haim is yeah. a pretty good actor, yeah. too. He, he He's underrated, actually. He, yep. he gave a lot of good performances, you know, until he got, you know, hooked, strung out. Yeah, dude. So. I read that he was a terror to work with on this set. Corey Haim yeah, was? Yeah, because he was... 
totally addicted to drugs at this oh, time. Oh, well, I imagine so, He yeah. refused to finish a scene, sure. and he, oh. was, he said he had a stomach ache. Okay. I'll post this on the Facebook page. Okay. But, man, it's a it's an interview with, um, who's the director? Rick no, King. Rick King. I almost yeah. said Rick Nash. <laughs> 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 yeah, and Rick King, by the way, he wrote Point Break. Rick King wrote Point Break? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a pretty fine film. Yeah. Um, geez, it's it's way better than. Perfect. It's Rolling. way better than this. Did oh. he write this too? Uh, I I I don't I don't know. I, I I didn't actually like like look too look you know look too hard at the okay. opening credits. But uh, me neither. Really. Yeah, I, I I just was waiting for it to start. By the way, everyone, we had to watch this on a shitty YouTube transfer. Yeah. Because the only copy of this DVD in existence. I, I guess it costs like 80 bucks yes. on Amazon. Can you believe that? Yeah, dude. I mean, it must be from the Hame state, honestly. You know, yeah. that's, all the, that's all I can think of. I mean, it's out of print, maybe. Um, I mean, because we had never heard of this movie until we discovered it, obviously. Yeah, we went down another rabbit hole on yes, IMDb. And exactly. Like, what the heck? Prayer this? of the Roller Boys. Look at this that cast. name and yeah. the box art. It's yeah. just like Rock and Roll Nightmare. That's why right. we picked these two movies, yes. because we're like, it's about time. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> Let's do this garbage before we do our our one year anniversary. Yes, well, this is our shit unit. Yeah, you get, know? This, yeah, and <laughs> end on a low note with a bang. <laughs> right. Um, at the end there, Corey Haim he has to fight Mark Pellegrino in the the mist. Yes, house. yes. The the mist factory. Okay, can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I would say Mark Pellegrino is better than uh, Christopher Collett. Christopher Collett. You yeah. think his performance is better than I loved it. I loved um, him as this character. I think he's I think he's doing a great job too. Yeah, he's great. I, I was way more entertained by him. Wow. I mean, I guess if you're judging a performance, it can't just be whether you're entertained or not. Yes, you know? of course. But you gotta base it on the character right. and their delivery and stuff. But I, I thought Mark Pellegrino was awesome. I do I did too. I think he's doing a great job. Um I, I would put him up there with Christopher Collett. But, uh -huh. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, Mark Pellegrino. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, they're trapped together <laughs> in the kitchen. Right. And Corey Haim has to fight him. And um Cuz this is where um the sting happens. Hey, that's right. right. Uh-huh. Yes, the the, the the two cops. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. They they're, they're the sting? Uh, yes. That's it. Of course. That 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 is the entire story. Um, and I'm sorry, everybody. I, okay, suspension of disbelief in movies is is like part of what you're getting into. Corey Haim versus Mark Pellegrino. No, no way. It's just not. No, that's like The Rock versus you know uh, Rodney Dangerfield. It, it's like <laughs> or, or something. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> Steve Austin versus yes, David Spade. Dude. You know, and we have already learned from our No Holds Barred episode. <laughs> That Mark Pellegrino is almost as big as Hulk Hogan. Absolutely, yes, he is. Yeah, he's a he's actually a pretty huge dude. He's tall as can be, right? And Jack, yes, that's right. this was nineteen ninety. He was huge. Yeah, um, and he look he kind of looks like Dolph Lundgren in this. He kind of does. I liked this little fight in the in the kitchen. It was a good fight. I, I yeah. was afraid of Mark Pellegrino. Oh, I was uh, too. And Corey Haim gets that pipe right and bashes him in the face with it. Yeah, and he goes down. I was like, cool, that would really happen if you got hit by a of pipe. Of course. But then he gets up again, and it's, you know, an action movie. <laughs> right. 
it's which is fine. You know? It is fine. Yeah, uh, it's and and really that's only that's Corey Haim's only move in this situation is to hit Mark Pellegrino with a pipe. If you see Mark Pellegrino coming toward you in 1990, <laughs> your only recourse is to hit him with a pipe. And there's nowhere to roller boy out, dude. No, you're, you're no. locked in that kitchen, which is only accessible by Gary Lee's handprint. So, yeah. so they're locked in this uh-huh. room. Right, right. So after a montage of cooking crystal with Jesse Pinkman, <laughs> uh, noon hits and then the the sting happens uh-huh. and then the fight happens because as soon as the sting comes in, Mark Pellegrino's like, we got to dump the shit. We got to burn it because they got acid or something to, yeah. to get rid of the evidence. Yeah. And Corey Haim stands there with the pipe, you know, and then the fight happens. Right, right. Uh, and then the cops come in right when Haim's about to eat it. Yep. And they, they blow away Mark Pellegrino. Yes. And then the cops start to take the money. And then Patricia Arquette comes in with a double-barrel shotgun and blasts them to bits. In a SWAT outfit. Oh, yeah. Um, and then it's her and the police chief. That's it. Yeah. Where are the rest of the... <laughs> where's the rest of well, the team? Well, the, the, there are, like, two other dudes there. Oh, thank but, God. Yeah, exactly. Right. In guess... this huge, like, loading dock area. Yeah. Like, it's on the docks. Uh-huh. Man, this is a huge, heavily guarded compound. And Moe and Curly sneak in I know. and take out all of these guys with AK-47s. And you see them being very competent in in their in their sting. Like 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 before they actually come into the to the to the meth lab, they they you see them like taking guys out like the beginning oh, of yeah. the rock. It's fucking Remember? splinter cell. Yes, yes. <laughs> Remember how like good those yes. Marines were with like you know like taking the 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 the, stu- the anthrax like that's what these yeah, guys are, these two bumbling jackasses are doing <sighs> like shown to be really adept and you know well maybe they're good at that but they're just not smart okay <laughs> but but you gotta be kind of smart to all like, right you know, I'm not gonna even give them that okay dude. yeah exactly yeah, yeah fuck yeah, these guys I mean honestly yeah uh, <laughs> yeah fuck these guys and you don't need to sh- and, uh, but and they're showing them. To like they've they've been comic relief the entire movie until they kill Bullwinkle. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe they become that. action heroes, and they do right. They they become like like as good as those dudes we as like Navy SEAL types, you know. And I, it makes no sense. Yeah, and then okay, so then yeah, you're right. There's a lot more guys because this is right. when Gary Lee says. Come out and play. Yes, he does. He pulls a fucking Luther, dude. Yeah, dude. It's really stupid. <laughs> See, you mentioned warriors, and now I, I want to talk about warriors. Of course, dude. Of course. All right. <laughs> and he and he has Milty held hostage. And uh-huh. I'm just saying, just shoot him. I don't shoot give a this care, dude. little shit yes. kid. Yes. And then um, there's like a bunch of SWAT guys with guns, a uh-huh. bunch of roller boys with guns. Right. And uh, it's a showdown here. <laughs> I don't know what happens, but, you know, the shit hits the fan, and everyone starts shooting at each other. Yes. Okay, I just mentioned how I'd never seen... Someone on rollerblades get shot with an AK-47 before, and <laughs> I'm fi- I've finally done that. Uh-huh. I also had never seen a roller boy with an AK-47 shooting people while rollerblading around a factory. It's like Neo from the I Matrix. Know, I know. Except not cool at all. No. And on rollerblades. And on rollerblades. I mean, like, I I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm... He he's firing at Corey Haim while speed skating. It's a talent. It I is. Mean, it's a talent. I mean, that Christopher Collett can actually hang on to this prop even if he's oh, not yeah. even firing a real weapon. Dude, if but that like, was a real gun, he'd oh be God. like, uh, uh, <laughs> he'd be flying. Those things are heavy, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Well, he has like the breath of the dragon or something. He apparently. does. I mean, that's yeah, part uh, of the well, story, right? It, yes. Okay. Yes. He is kissed by fire. 
yeah. You know, he has that sweet cross necklace he with does. a dragon on uh-huh. it. So yeah, the power comes from that. He's the golden <laughs> child or something. Right. Those golden locks, at least. I mean. <laughs> God. Yeah, and and would you believe it? You you look at the timestamp of the film, and this is going on, and you see there's about ten minutes left. They can't just have a showdown where everybody shoots at one another. We know that it's going to come down to Gary Lee versus Corey Haim. Of course. And so... He's the final boss. Exactly. He is the... Yes, that's right. He's level eight. Um, so <laughs> Eight dash four. Eight dash four. That's right. And for Corey Haim, you know, like the, the, there's the, there's a big chase. We, we mentioned the chasing and the, the stunt work or whatever. And it comes down to where they're now just toe-to-toe. Yeah. And... Uh, it, Gary Lee finds himself on the ground on his knees about to be assassinated by Corey Haim. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's telling him, you know, take it. Just do it. Take me down. Yep. What are you going to do? He's like pulling a, an Obi-Wan in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like he's going to grow more powerful or something if yeah. you shoot me. And Corey Haim, <laughs> like, like, like kind of brains him with the butt of his, like pistol whips him. Yeah. Because uh, Gary Lee has a, a knife in his rollerblade. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's a fucking knife in his rollerblade. He's got a knife in there that did not puncture his Achilles. I know. How can you skate with that? Oh, that's it's inside the blade. It's not like attached to it or anything. It's not like like an an a. Why do you need a hidden blade? You're you're the leader of the roller boys. Strap that shit on the outside. It man. is exactly yeah yeah. There's no need for a concealed blade. Yeah, you, it's it's the post apocalypse, and you're the head of the and roller boys. And they do boys. set it up earlier in the movie. He stabs some guy right in the crotch with it. Yes, during this raid on a homeless camp or uh-huh. something. Right. But anyways, yeah. Corey Haim outwits him. Yeah. Bashes him. He's like, I'm not an idiot. I'm yep. not like you, but I'm not stupid or something. I'm not like you, but I'm not I, stupid. I something yep. like that. It's stupid. Dude, and before that happens, during the chase, there's a scene when they're ru- they're running upstairs yeah. with the rollerblades on. Oh, my God. I, yeah, that's and right. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. I haven't seen that in ages. No. And it looks kind of stupid. Of course it does. Because that's something you can't do. Did you ever see Blades of Glory? Yes. When they're they're chasing each other through the mall? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it yes. looks like that. Yes. <laughs> it's I know. terrible. Right. <laughs> like, if you are not skating, you're not moving if no, you're on a pair you of rollerblades. stupid, blades. dude. And then there's explosive barrels yeah. that, that that get blown up, and Corey Haim does a slow-mo like dive through the air. Yep. It's really bad. <laughs> yes, it is. It's really bad. So I guess that's the end there. It is. Except for mm-hmm. the sequel setup. Yeah. My jaw dropped. I know. How did this movie do this? How, wh- uh, what? I don't know what he thought he had, Rick King. Well, he thought he had something. He yeah, Gary, he had, Gary Lee winds up in prison. Right. And he's talking to his accountant or something yeah. in his own prison cell. They're yes. both in there? Yeah. And it's and, re- decorated really nice and, and shit? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it looks like an office in 1989, yeah. and it's a prison cell. I guess it's post-apocalyptic L.A., I guess. That's How what prisons look like. I mean, yeah, and he's like, he's, he's got a can of spray paint, and he's kind of like, you know, shaking yeah, yeah, it. Because yeah. he's kind of like, you know, he, he's, he's doing like these kind of beautiful stuff on the wall. And his accountant just looks like an accountant. I know. And he's sitting in a prison cell with him. <laughs> like, and he says, he says to him, we need to increase our investments in the Pacific Northwest. And the accountant asks why, and he says, because that's where they're headed. First off, how do you know that? How do you, uh, you know? And secondly, what the fuck? <laughs> really? I, 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 My final note here says, I can't believe this. No, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Because like, like, just like, like I said about cult leaders in movies, they are not geniuses, obviously. They're, they're, they're built up to be an all-knowing, omnipotent being. 
and yet they they have like these weaknesses of like letting people into the gang that they shouldn't mm-hmm. and then also holding a personal grudge to where like like why why would Gary Lee care about this kid after this encounter? He's got to get vengeance, man. Does he? Does he have to get vengeance? According to Rick King, he does. I mean, what? like all, all the other roller boys are still on the street. All right, here's the answer to your question, Dave. No. No, he doesn't. He doesn't he need does vengeance. Not, he does not need vengeance. The story needs an ending. Exactly. And fast. A- it sure does. And end it, you know, like like with Gary Lee. Um, if you want to have him with his accountant in the cell, that's a fine. Talk about how he's lost all his investments now. Yes, Something exactly. like that. The roller right. boys have fallen. Right, right. That's how you end it. Yep. You got to end it that way. Right. No, but you need the sequel set up. You need it. You're not going to believe this. You know, <laughs> that's what you need. <laughs> so, no, you don't need that. No, you don't. And I, oh, man, does it suck. And Speedbagger says, and now we're going to be safe or something like that. Oh, <sighs> it, what? Uh, no clue. I hate this movie, Dave. I, I- <laughs> Yes, thank you, because I do too. <laughs> yeah, I really hate it terribly. Someone on IMDb loved it, though. Oh, God. This is from Der Hindernith. <laughs> okay. A wonderful teen flick. <laughs> Having just recently reviewed the film, I am reminded of the, of what teen sex flicks used to be. All the sex, drugs, and rock and roll that are missing from today's films on rollerblades. What a wonderful film. <laughs> Completely predictable plot never felt so good. The style is one that Hollywood has unfortunately forgotten. (laughs) You're wrong, sir. Uh, Yeah, he sure is. To each their own, but you are wrong, and I don't want to hang out with you ever. No, because you called this a wonderful film. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. I can see it being a so bad it's good fun time, but I don't want to watch this movie ever again. No. Recommendations. I wouldn't recommend it. Of course not. Yeah. No. And y- y- I want to. I want to say one other thing that w- I- it's a credit, an on-screen credit that we have mentioned in the past, that is in this movie. At the end of the opening credits, it says, "And J.C. Quinn as Jaworski." Who is Jawor? What? It, well, exactly. Uh, because <laughs> okay. they don't actually tell you in the film. It's the police chief is Jaworski. Okay. The okay. guy who sends Corey Heyman under Ramrod. Yeah, the guy who says Ramrod. Okay. That's his name is Jaworski. I'm gonna call him Ramrod, dude. Um, which is fine. <laughs> Ramrod Jaworski. Uh, <laughs> that'll work. Right. Why? I- I'm so glad that this is retired because I still don't understand why 80s movies insisted on showing us in the opening credits, like, and so and so as a character you haven't met yet. I don't know. It means know. nothing. It's in every movie. It means nothing. Like, I remember seeing it in Jaws 3D with Louis Gossett Jr. and Louis Gossett Jr. as Carter so-and-so. Was he a name then? He was. Okay, okay. But that's the, that's what you reserved it for, was like right. a name who, who's going to be playing. But why do you have to put his character? Why not just, and Louis Gossett Jr. and J.C. Quinn. J.C. Quinn is no Louis Gossett Jr., I'll tell you that. So, not so, even so why does why does he have this credit? <laughs> I don't know. And oh, I, I'm I'm I, keep I, going, Dave. I, I just I, I you know how much I love the '80s. I know, and and I uh, I I but I'm frustrated with them so often because of <laughs> shit like this that that, that that has no place and means nothing. Dave, this is the '90s, 1990. It's it's a uh, oh <laughs> no, man, this like, is totally yeah, made. This, this is, was made in the late '80s, exactly. Which with um, early '80s ideas, mid '80s ideas, and yeah. honestly, 1990. Even if even if they actually yeah, made I know it what in you 19, mean, Dave. that's a yeah. pube away from the '80s. <laughs> 
So, I mean, everything was still there. People were wearing neon hats, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the 80s. It totally is. Right. Um, <laughs> so that about wraps things up, everybody. If you <laughs> liked what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, most of all, share it. Gets more dudes listening to the dudes. Hashtag dude army. Uh-huh. We need a huge army of dudes. That's another hashtag. Huge army of dudes. There you go. <laughs> if you don't use iTunes, we're anywhere else you get a podcast, so just look for us there. You'll find us. Or go to dudesonmovies.com, and you'll find everything you need right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we have an email address, uh, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Just search for dudes on mm-hmm. movies on Facebook or Twitter, and you'll find us. And uh, next week is our one-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we're doing 1990s Goodfellas, directed right. by Martin Scorsese and starring Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci. So that's going to be a really good one. We've been talking about doing Goodfellas since we like started. Like, I know. Our first episode, we probably mentioned we, we Goodfellas. We probably referenced Goodfellas in some way. Yeah, so, but we've been doing it for a year now, and we're going to finally do the episode. That's right. And we want you guys to write in to our email Dave just gave you or get at us on social media. Tell us your favorite dudes moments. Mm-hmm. Let us know. We need, we want to know that stuff because we're also going to be doing a retrospective episode. That's right. Uh, coming out the same week as the Goodfellas episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of talking about the last year and yep. all that kind of stuff. It'll just be a good conversation with the dudes. And we're going to give you like kind of a sneak preview of like upcoming projects we got going on. Uh-huh. We're having like kind of these units now just for a little while. We're gonna we're gonna like you know really treat you to some cool stuff that we that we hope you think is cool anyway. And honestly, like because you guys are. Uh, out there, we, we know that you're out there, and it's there's nothing more gratifying than when me and Scott go onto Facebook and see that someone we don't know has liked our page. Yeah, which means that oh my god, this person from the other side of the world is listening to our show. That's awesome. Yeah, so, dude. Yeah, keep it up, folks. We love it. Make sure you like it. Make sure you let us know you like the show. Yes, because. It makes us feel so good. Man. Yeah, it does. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, dude. We're like Holly Berry in, uh, what's that movie? No, Monster God, Ball? Monsters Ball. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, man, yeah. Stay tuned next week for Goodfellas. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.